0: Welcome to the Fire Time Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Fire Time Podcast. Guys, I am so pumped for this episode because this is the finale of our Building the Heartbeat Report series, and I hope it's given you a ton of value. You know, as as me and Grant talk to different businesses, the most common thing we can recommend to bring everything together is a heartbeat report reviewed every single week by the leadership of the company. And there's so many reasons why. You've heard us talk about it, you know, in the series leading up to this, but when your company is not looking at the metrics of what's going on. There's no way to solve problems and stuff gets swept under the rug. It just happens, right? When you're not actually looking at things, there's no way to establish patterns. All you can do is emotionally get mad at somebody. When you don't look at metrics, it's very easy to just keep your head down and You just keep grinding, grinding, grinding. But it just goes back to like, are you grinding in the right direction? Like, I'm I'm all for working hard and, and doing a little bit of hustle when you need to, but man, we gotta make sure we're going the right way. And the combination of metrics plus my emotion and my gut intuition from being in the business, that combination really sets us up to know what's going on. And, you know, as you go forward, we we actually talk about this is we have to realize that as a business owner. We need to confront the brutal facts about our company. You know, truly, actually, within my company, Wi-Fi, that is one of our core values. Confront the brutal facts about our company. If we're not willing to do that, gosh, I mean, we we don't stand a chance. You know, better better we confront those facts, figure out a problem and find a way around it than ignore it and just get crushed by it. So it's really, really important that we do this. And you know, you could say, Tim, you know, the metrics you've talked about, you know, traffic count, sales backlog, installation completion percentage, then today, warranty percentage, like, why do why pick those ones? You know, why aren't we looking at at, at other things? Well, I'm not opposed to looking at other things, but these four are keystone metrics. And by a keystone metric, I mean a metric that will force you to ask more questions, right? Every single one of these will force you to ask more questions and it will give you an amazing picture of how you're doing on the front end with sales and on the back end with installation and getting that customer taken care of. So as we jump into today, we're talking about warranty percentage. And I guarantee that this wasn't a metric that most people were thinking was going to be on this heartbeat report, right? One of the four major metrics that we're using to track in our company, but it is. And and I'll tell you, it's not Manufacturer's warranty. Grant's going to get into some nuance of what this means, but it is powerful. And I'll let you hear it in the conversation. Now, we're going to jump into it here in just a second. On the back end, I want to give you some thoughts about how you put this all together, right? So after this conversation, you're going to have the metrics. You're going to know exactly what you need to be tracking, but I want to talk to you about a few different questions to think about as you roll forward so you can make sure you're executing right, okay? So with that, I'm going to jump out of the way and let you hear this conversation. Joining me once again from Spokane, Washington is Grant Falco. Grant, I'm super excited to round out this Keystone Metrics and Heartbeat Report series because... Man, I mean this is just this is the beginning of how you take control of your business. You get some visibility of what's actually happening to pair with the gut feel you have in your business and and the truth is really going to be in the combination of those things.
1: Yeah, I mean I I am I'm super excited. I think that if you ask me if ever be excited to talk about warranties and warranty percentages, <laughs> I would think you're crazy, but I mean honestly Tim, uh, the the secret sauce is the small things and the small changes that you make but also, how you hold them accountable and learn from them. And I'm, I'm just super excited to talk about warranties and how, how, how we need to look at it as an industry. A warranty is so much more than just a manufacturer warranty.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. So, as, as we're rounding this out, you know, we've talked about traffic count, we've talked about backlog, we've talked about installation completion percentage, and, and those things all make sense, right? Like, how much business do we have coming up? in the pipeline, how many people walked into our store, you know, how many installations did we actually complete? And, but this last one, when you think about warranty percentage, I know that, you know, folks who are, you know, just looking at the podcast title are gonna be like, what? Like, that's one of the keystone metrics. And a lot of this, I I don't take any credit for this. This has all come from you. I don't know, when I first met you, you would use these terms like that. Like you would talk about a service warranty or an installation warranty, and I was even a little bit confused as to what that meant. But as I've, as I've started to understand, it makes all the sense in the world. And maybe at the beginning, you can just talk about this mentality of like, like what is a warranty? Like, you, you say there's, there's no such thing as a no charge in the industry. It's a warranty. And maybe you can just kind of take it from there.
1: Yeah, I think it started with just being frustrated at you know having employees say, oh, that was a no charge. Because we all know this. There's no such thing as a no charge. Someone paid for it. So, you know, it it, it basically, if I I go back just a little bit further, it all started with me being involved in the service department, not knowing anything about the service department, setting up a weekly meeting that we participated and we looked to get better. And and two things were just so obvious right away is that we did a lot of no charges. And then if we're going to do a no charge, which we're accepting as a no charge, most likely because of a mistake, then did we learn from it? And the two things that I realized really quickly, consistently meeting and and reviewing these, and that's really where the magic is, Tim, just tracking the the services that you don't charge on. Literally, that's it. And then looking in and and reviewing the reasons why. I saw that we were losing a lot of money. Our customers weren't that much happier, and we weren't learning from the mistakes because we just no charge, it disappear into thin air, and we go from there. So, yeah, I mean, it all started just getting together weekly and tracking those, those services that we didn't charge for and asking ourselves why. And does this make sense? And then it, it kind of just took on a whole new thing, a huge part of our business today. And uh, we've minimized it. It's not a huge part in the quantity, but we use it as a topic each week to just manage and get better from
0: yeah, it makes so much sense and every business owner that's listening is thinking that's right. There's no such thing as a no charge because if it's a no charge to the customer as the business owner, it's literally coming out of your pocket. It's like you opening up your wallet and handing someone, you know, 150 or 200 bucks to go back out and and do that service call. And again, when that's the whole thing with with like a heartbeat report, with an execution system, when you're forced to look at it you, you, you have to confront reality, but it's when it disappears into thin air, like you said, there's no visibility, there's no pattern recognition. It's just, well, it happened and we got through it and that's that. But tracking this is a big deal. And it, it actually just hit me as you as you said this that, you know, when we talk about the Heartbeat Report, we already have already talked about installation completion percentage, right? So I I went out to do 10 jobs that week and we completed 7 of them so there's 3 jobs that were incomplete well that's kind of like the front end of this metric but the warranty rate tells us okay so we went out 3 times this next week to fix those that's saying that out of 15 installation trips that we had three of them were cleaning up past messes and we're not getting paid. And I think that those metrics really complement each other, having the installation completion percentage on the front end, and then the warranty completion percentage is really kind of that, that back-end measurement. And m- maybe you could just talk about like, you know, normally we just think about a warranty as just simply a manufacturer's warranty. Yeah. And if I can get some money for it, then that's great, but it's not that simple.
1: Yeah so the frustration of having a no charge and employees say that so loosely, that's what, what started driving really digging into warranties. Uh, And we'll get on how we track them and the percentages there, but what is a warranty to me? It's, it's basically who was responsible for that service. Why are we out there? So sometimes we're out there because it's been a month since the uh, installation and maybe something the manufacturer product is incorrect or has malfunctioned it's a manufacturer warranty but if it's an installer who did something incorrect um that's okay but the installation team needs to know and needs to learn from it so we put our hourly charge as how much that cost us and they need to review it and there's a cost to that what did we learn so especially on the install side we make a mistake we need to know so the next time we're out there we don't make that mistake. And you have to review it in a team mentality simply because maybe some of the other ones are making that same mistake and you can get through these things extraordinarily quickly. So you have to divide up responsibility. And really, I think it comes down to on the surface, a warranty is either a manufacturer warranty. That's the responsibility of the manufacturer within their limit. If it's uh, something that fails on the unit itself, within the allotted warranty and everything was installed correctly, um, that would be a manufacturer warranty. We're all familiar with that. The other two are a customer warranty, which is they pay for it, or a Falco warranty or your company's warranty where you pay for it. So it's really your company pays for it, the customer pays for it, or the manufacturer pays for it. And there's really no, there's no other way to look at it. It's those three things. So if you, if you go into it a little bit further, obviously the customer pays when they're responsible. Manufacturer pays when they're responsible. But you as a business, what do you do when you're responsible? And how is it worth it? If I'm paying to get that done, it needs to be worth it. I need to be learning from it. And I need to make sure that that never happens again. So we decided to call all the no-charges Falco warranties. And then we basically divide them up into install and service warranties. And we do have a customer service because sometimes there's no blame and we just got to get through it and get that taken care of. But the the real magic is identifying the install warranty and the service warranty within your own company's warranty and reviewing it on a weekly basis to learn from it.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. And I think for people listening, it can be daunting to think like, wait, we actually need to track that stuff. But it's not that hard because somebody schedules your installers, you know, and it's just simply when they schedule them, are we getting paid for this work or are we not? It's it's not a horrible thing to track if like every Monday morning, you know, assuming that the schedule's set for the week, you can just look at that and say how many of those jobs. And you, again, if you use like Google calendars or Outlook or I'm sure in like Service Titan or whatever system you use, like you can color coordinate or make a note on these jobs so like at a quick glance, you can simply see that. But knowing the dollar amount that you spent on those calls is a really big deal because we we talk a lot, Grant, about how The one thing that none of us get more of is time. And your installers and your service technicians, time is their most valuable commodity. And how often are we not able to get new work in because we're chasing our tails on things that have already been done? And again, sometimes that's our fault. Sometimes it's the customer's fault. Sometimes it just happens. But by looking at it, I mean, I I, I guarantee like you will grossly reduce the amount of warranties you make if you start tracking it?
1: No question. No question. I mean, a couple of things I want to say to what you just said, we can't be afraid to manually track. Like you said, someone is scheduling that someone is processing the paperwork and we need to put an expectation that those are tracked. It's, it's, It's not an automatic system. There's not like some mat note, like someone has to track it, has to be held accountable on a weekly basis and get it over to the people that are going to review it. The leader has to review it, but manually tracking is just a part of it. And we pretty much almost everything that we do, there's a report for, but it's manually tracked. Another thing you said, Tim, that is so, so important, and it, it comes down to a mentality, both on the install and the service side. Is when you're no charging, it's not about the charge that you're not getting. it's about what you're not doing to get better. It's what you're missing out on. Like you just said, you're out there four times spinning your wheels, not able to actually either get an install or or get a paying service because you are spinning your wheels. so it's so much more than just the cost. For me, you know it's so important to learn from our mistakes. and I remember when I started being responsible for the the company, and I'm like, well, how I don't I'm not in the service. I don't go out with them. I don't even see them in the morning at night. I basically have two times I can see them to make judgments. How am I supposed to manage that? Like performance? Well, like, do I like them or not? Is their truck clean or not? Like there's a couple different indicators that tell me if they're good. And that's where like the weekly meetings come in and the tracking of all this stuff. It's a stipulation that I needed so that I knew what the performance of my team was. So with, with that, like you need to learn from your mistakes, but you have to track your mistakes. First, you have to acknowledge them. And honestly, the power Tim is when you track them and there's five of them for one week, it's a lot of them, but you know, what's amazing. This is not bad. When you think just five, no charges bad, but when you actually break them down and you know, install one, service one, you know that groups got together and they learn from it and you know that it's not going to happen again. Or you know that they got out to the job and actually found a different problem. So we're able to charge for the repair and all of a sudden makes everybody feel good. The techs feel like they're doing a great job and I don't feel like I'm losing an arm leg every time I do a no charge.
0: Yeah. We've talked about this offline before we started recording and, and you made the comment that, you know, warranties are actually an indicator that you're taking care of your customer. How often is it that we just let it slip?
1: Yeah, so I've noticed I've transitioned through service managers in the last year, and uh, I went from someone who knew everything in the industry uh, to someone that didn't know the industry as well, but is extraordinarily bright and has been able to pick it up really quickly. And uh, my team today, I would say, is doing a much better job of taking care of the customer and also bringing in a, a revenue that the service department, we're all happy with. But I've noticed that warranties are up on the the Falco side, and truthfully, Tim, it's because we were just letting people, out. we were we weren't taking care of people like we should have been. There's not one scenario where it's a Falco warranty. Where I'm like, I don't, I understand. I understand. We needed to do that. I think the previous service manager was avoiding them, which isn't a great indicator. It's not good just because you don't have a lot of warranties doesn't mean your customers are happy. You know, with with that. I want to always minimize the amount of warranties I have because it takes away from paying jobs. But if you're learning from them, it's really just the cost of doing business.
0: Yeah, well, what you just said is is really good. So you know, a manufacturer's warranty that that is what it is. Uh, customer warranty, right? So maybe they don't understand how to use the product. They think it's not working properly. You go out there, it is working properly, and you have a couple choices. I mean. You can charge them for it or you could throw them a bone and say, you know, hey, we'd normally charge $200 or whatever for this sort of thing. But for you, we want to take care of you and it makes them feel good. But either one's justified, right? Because the expectation is like we're coming out on, on our dime if it's if it's our mistake. So you can play that a couple different ways. But but when there is a Falco warranty where whether it's, you know, our installation team missed something, the service team, whatever it was getting to the to the root of it, why did it happen? I mean, again, this is why it's a keystone metric. Is you start to ask questions, like if we're having ten a week or five a week, pretty soon as you start to dig into those, you might notice, like, man, this same service technician every single time. It seems like it's it's their jobs magically that have these warranties. Well, over time, that will prove itself out to you know maybe they're someone that that is not adequately uh working enough on the front end, but it it could also be something where maybe you find out there's a unit that it's it, you know, I man, these fireplaces every single time it seems like we get warranty issues. It doesn't fall under a manufacturer warranty, but there's some difficulty in it. Again, it just it forces you to learn just an incredible amount. I, I see you smiling there.
1: Well, I just think like you're so spot on. and and this might be ego talking, but I feel like I'm almost always one of the first dealers to communicate a problem that a manufacturer is going to have at a higher level. And it's because we track on a weekly basis. And I say it sometimes emotionally to them, like no one does this. Don't you understand? I've had 10 of them. It's been the same thing. Every time we've went over every week, we've done everything you've said, we've called you this many times. And all of a sudden we realize maybe there is something more to it. And it's because we're reviewing it on a weekly basis and the asking why is so important because it's not always bad. I can tell you how many times, Tim, I came in and I've seen 33, 30% plus warranties. That means if I did 60 services, that 20 of them were a warranty. Oh my gosh, nightmare, right? So often we go through it unemotionally because that's what the weekly team meetings are. They're a time where we can unemotionally solve the problems and get better at what we do because in the whirlwind of the business, we're not. And we sit down and we review and we talk about them.
0: We'll get back to our conversation in just one minute. Hey, if you've been listening to this Building the Heartbeat Report series and you're thinking, gosh, dang it, how have I been missing this? This is exactly what I need to take control. Well, I'm going to tell you you're absolutely right, but here's the danger. The danger is listening to this and getting lost in the details of, wait a minute, this won't be tracked perfectly. How can I do this every single week? Well, I can't ask this person to do it. What about doing this instead? those things will take you down a rabbit trail that you'll never get out of. The whole thing is that you need to execute. And this is the hardest thing as Grant and I go in and work with businesses. It's it's easy to drop the plan. It's the execution week in and week out that is so difficult. Well, If you need help with that specific part of this, you have to take advantage of the fire time workshop. Now, this is coming right up and there are no longer seats available for the in-person workshop, but you can still get it online. So what we're going to be doing is in early May, we'll be meeting in Seattle, Washington with a select group of retailers for three days to go through the 10-step execution process in detail and then help them build out their heartbeat report but we're videotaping the whole thing and we're breaking it down into an online course and you can get that by going to itsfiretime.com slash workshop now i'm gonna rip the band-aid off it's fifteen hundred dollars and i'm telling you It will be the best money you have ever spent in your company because you have it forever. You're going to get each of our modules on personal productivity and leadership, on the 10-step execution process, on your warehouse, and finally, on a cadence of meetings and building that heartbeat report for execution. We're going to give it all to you along with the actual materials that everybody had at the in-person workshop. You're going to get all of our checklists. You're going to get our workbook and our guide. So you'll have what it takes to put this in place. I'm fired up about it because you need to take advantage of it, especially right now as things are starting to slow down. Be ready for the payoff season next year by taking advantage of the Fire Time Workshop. You can do that by going to itsfiretime.com slash workshop. So maybe, maybe you can walk us through this. So say we've got these different criteria. We have, it could be a manufacturer's warranty, you know, bad part, something like that installation warranty service warranty and i think you really do keep those separate it could be a a customer warranty they just misunderstood how to use it user error that sort of thing how do people not get defensive when like let's say it is an installer warranty How, how do you how do you address that in a way that's objective and and people feel comfortable enough to say yes we made a mistake on that
1: that's a really good question. And I think the only way that I can answer it is by communicating consistently with them. So I think that at first it's uncomfortable for everybody, no matter what, no one likes to be told they didn't do something correct. Right. I think that rel- I think that lies though, in your reaction as a leader, I think that if we can control the information in an, an unemotional space and they know when they make a mistake, they're not going to be you know, someone's not going to jump down their throat and assume a bunch of things. We're actually going to come to a meeting and we're going to listen. Um, I think they're more willing to accept mistakes because it's not about repercussions. It's not about them doing something wrong. It's about us learning because mistakes are fine. Just continual mistakes are what we are trying to prevent. I have seen, uh, I think for the, when we first started holding people accountable through tracking, whether it's warranties or anything else, it was tough there was times where we were frustrated or people were were defensive. But as we've gotten in a routine of doing it, I think it holds more people accountable on the front side. So those mistakes don't happen. But they, we all understand when those mistakes do happen, that's just about learning from it. How do we prevent it from happening again? Really, it's it's about that approach.
0: Yeah. I think the consistency is so important. That's where so much of the magic is. You know, it, the magic is like this whole Harpy report series that we're doing. If you put it together once and then forget about it for four months. And so you come out with a new one, you know, at the beginning of your next quarter, and then the next one comes out three months, four months later, like you're done. It's not going to work. It's the consistency every single week. And, and, and I, I mean, I think about man past companies I've worked for where, I mean, I, I mean, there were times it was like six to 10 a week was commonplace. And it's and it's because it wasn't it wasn't tracked, but the the best example I can give is on the sales floor. You know, if you would have asked me eight years ago what our what our quote percentage was, the people that came in, how many of them received an estimate, I would have told you eighty percent. We measured it; it was like seventeen. And because we tracked it, and every single week I had to look at that number, you cannot deal with it, and so like one of the core values of of Why fire as a company is confront the brutal facts about our company. And it's it's things like that like being forced to look every single week at we had, you know, six warranty calls, we had eight warranty calls, we had two warranty calls every single week. It really tells you something about your business and especially if you use this as a learning tool like you said with your your key leaders in the company it really is something that can that can bind you together to fight against the villain of these incomplete jobs.
1: No question, no question. I mean, and Tim, it, it I, I, I use this term so often. I'm sure people roll their eyes when I say it, but it comes down to expectations, doesn't it? I mean, like, oh yeah. When I think about when I'm supposed to, like, so I'm just like the classic owner son who is you know, has worked different jobs in the business and then is, you know, expected one day to kind of run the business with not just me, not understanding exactly what that meant. And I remember my biggest dilemma was performance. Like, okay, I need, I need to judge performance. My, my job is to make sure my teams, my businesses, and my employees are all performing, but how do I do that? And how do I do that for a long period of time? Knowing some of my weaknesses that i have and putting this together in the way like where they know what is expected of them tim they know whether it's the warranties whether it's uh the incomplete follow-ups the uh proposed repair percentage the warranty calls like we just said tech revenue per hour these technicians come to work and know the 11 criterias in which they're most judged for their performance And so they focus on making sure those things are good. And in turn, when they do make a mistake, they're not making them a lot. It allows for it to be an unemotional conversation that works towards a solution. But it all comes down to them knowing what is expected from you. And on the warranties, they know what's expected from us. Hmm.
0: Well, let's talk about this. Let's get into some, some metrics. What would you say is like a baseline percentage when it comes to your, your warranty percentage compared to the amount of jobs that you do. So like, let's just say between your service techs and your installers, you're going out to do 15 total jobs that week. You know, what's the percentage of, of warranties that, that is generally considered. Okay.
1: So we, um, on our KPR, I, I report, we have, um, our red, yellow, and green categories and red is Basically, we need to evaluate, figure out what happened and learn from that. Maybe not the best. Yellow is we're in line. We're feeling good about where we're trying to go, Um, but it's nothing special, but it's not bad. And then there's green. You did well, and this is where we want to end up most weeks. It doesn't have to be all weeks, but we want majority of the weeks to end up in green. So when I look at what we have on our report, we have determined that 10% or less is acceptable on warranties. Ten to twenty percent, and that would be green. Ten to twenty percent is yellow. I've given a lot of grace. I feel like twenty percent is a lot, but I feel like you have to give your department the freedom to take care of customers. And if you're on them, yeah, to make know, the call, they have to be able to have the freedom to make the call. But they have to be able to justify it and explain it to you uh, at when you know at that meeting and then we have determined that 20 plus percentage is in our red category and it doesn't always mean it's bad it just means that we have to really look at that and figure out what is going on and like you said earlier are there any consistencies or repeat customers have we is this the third time okay now it's all hand up, hands on deck let's get this thing figured out so it just allows for that to take to take shape very well
0: yeah, that's so good, and and I just want to stop real quick because I think that red, yellow, green is awesome, but I would say for most companies, if you are not tracking it, I mean, I'm I'm I will I would guess that your average company that's not tracking it forty percent of the time, they're probably going out and not getting paid.
1: I would agree. I think that uh, anything more than that will be very evident to your business It would be hard to operate. And I think we just do enough. Um, but the thing is, is if you are charging and saying a no charge on any invoice, and then not going through it, reviewing it and learning from it, you're losing money. I mean, you're, you're lose money either way, but you have to invest back into your company. That, that money has to do something. Did you learn from it? Then that money is worth it. What you lost there is worth it. But if it's not, it's just gone and, and you never learn. And It's enabling the problem to happen more. How many charges are you having? If you never, ever monitor them, like you're saying, Tim, way more than you think. Oh, yeah. And I would say that, you know, like having the expectation of less than 10% is a lot. Like I would say 10 to 20% is okay. That is okay. And you should not feel bad about it. And I bet you there's a lot of companies that... You know, you might have angst. You might be operating in that. You need to know that that's okay, that there's going to be it. It'll make you feel better as someone who's running the service department or running a business that has a service department to be explained what happened? What did we learn from it? And how are we moving forward better for it? And it just makes everything a lot easier.
0: Yeah, that's oh, awesome. And I really think this this rounds out the report so well. So, you know, we've got these four different quadrants of the report. And again, you can make a heartbeat report much more intricate than this. But at the beginning, like we've got these four metrics, right? In one corner, we've got our traffic count. We've already talked about that, right? How many people came in and that will lead us into how many estimates do we write up and, and everything else that, that comes with it. But how many how many people came into our store that week? And we have our sales backlog. How many jobs do we have that are sold coming up on the schedule? Maybe for your company, it's $100,000 or 250000 or 500000 That's an understanding of your predictive revenue to make decisions. Now in the next quadrant, we've got our installation completion percentage, right? So this last week, we went out to... 10 jobs to try to complete we completed seven our installation completion percentage is 70% and then finally over here we have our warranty percentage right out of all the jobs that we had for the week how many of them did we go out to knowing that we wouldn't get paid I, I mean, I think that that's such a good snapshot of your business. I mean, literally, it gives you the front end to the back end from the time a customer walks in through the sale, through the installation to taking care of the customer at the end. There's more you can do. But man, looking at those four things week in and week out, it, it changes the way you operate your business. You, you can't help but change.
1: Well, and if you think about it, Tim, if you have 10 no charges, then you your average hourly, I mean, like if you're hourly, that's just for easy math, $150 an hour, You know, 10 no charges cost you $1,500, but it costs you so much more too, because what are you not working on? What are you not able to do and grow at that same exact time? $1,500 is a lot of money. Make it worth it. Make it worth it by tracking it and holding it accountable. And honestly, like no one likes to be held accountable or told they made a mistake. But if you make it just a part of your weekly process oh, yeah. with no emotion, it's amazing the power. We've talked about this, Tim. We believe that the secret to a good culture is actually consistent accountability, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It it is a hundred percent. I mean, I can just speak to that, you know, within within the the fire time work that we do together, Grant, and even like especially within Wi-Fi, our team is really small. We're really committed, but it's because there's, yeah, there's consistent. And I would even say like ruthless accountability because we don't want to let each other down and we don't want to let our partners down. So like when we get the report at the beginning of the week saying like, hey, we have, you know, this many partners that are at risk or, you know, we haven't contacted this person in this long. Like we take it really seriously and and we fight to try to make it better. Whereas if we didn't get that report, it's just in one ear and out the other. Like it's just based on our gut. Wait a minute. Have I called that person? Is this is this is this partner at risk to to cancel working with us? We have no idea, and that doesn't serve the customer.
1: No, no. And 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 running a business is hard. Running a team as a leader is hard. You know, being an employee is difficult. And and we talk about this all the time. The whirlwind of business. We need a time uh, that, that we need a one hour a week. Just one hour a week where unemotionally are solving problems and getting better uh, because you can't do it as you're going from one problem to the other or one thing to the other. Uh, You're on emotional overload. And it doesn't like, Tim, the service department, really, you should just be tracking how many services you did, how many are no charge, what's our weekly and and, and individual totals uh, of service revenue. That's four or five metrics that you have already if you just put that into a report and meet weekly and just go through it it's amazing how how much you can change whether it's a service department or any department
0: yeah yeah you know and and it's easy to psych yourself out and i still do this in different rhythms in my life it's easy to psych yourself out when things get stressful and think oh no this is stupid i just got to start working just got to start working just got to start knocking it out and you and you psych yourself out of doing the things that matter but truly like if you're if you're in the chaos of the day to day and you feel like you can't break free it it is that consistent accountability, like take an hour to look at what's going on, analyze it, and then you can jump back into the whirlwind. But you know, I think that I think this report's powerful, Grant. And uh, man, I mean, it's making me excited for the workshop, honestly, as, as as we start really helping businesses like in depth put this together. Cause this report, I mean, this is the anchor to, to grow your business and to actually take control of
1: it. Yeah, it's cleaning up the backside. Clean up the backside. Make a little bit more money. Learn as you go and everybody's happier. I mean, you just, you can't get, it just doesn't get much better than that.
0: Yeah, I love it, Grant. Well, hey, thanks so much for being here. This was awesome.
1: Yeah, thanks, Tim. Appreciate being here.
0: Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Grant. Gosh, I mean, I talk to Grant all the time, but every time we do something in a podcast format like this, I'm just blown away at how smart this guy is and how deeply, He understands his business. So there you have it. You've got all four of the keystone metrics for your heartbeat report. Rewinding back to the first episode in this series, we've got the traffic count. I'm not going to rehash everything, but man, this is the metric that changed everything for me. Understanding how many people came in your door will force you to ask questions. Well, wait a minute. How did they hear about us? What kinds of products were they looking at? Did we write them up estimates? Did we close on those estimates? But it all starts with the traffic count. So imagine you've got your heartbeat report broken into four quadrants. The top left corner, you've got the traffic count and any associated metrics with that. Top right corner, you've got your sales backlog, right? This is the dollar amount of jobs in the pipeline that you've taken money on, but they have not been installed or fulfilled yet. This is a big deal for a few reasons. This is your predictive revenue, right? So if your backlog is sitting at a quarter million dollars or a half million dollars, you understand that maybe you can hire another installation crew. But maybe your backlog is getting low and you need to run a sale. You need to start making some follow-up calls. You'll actually start to look at your backlog and say, wait a minute, I've got three salespeople and one's only part-time, but the part-time person has contributed more to the backlog than this full-time person, right? Looking at that week in and week out will force you to ask questions. But there's your reassurance on hiring and spending. Now, in the bottom left corner, you've got your installation completion percentage. Your team went out to go do seven installations that week, and they only got five done. Well, that tells you that your team is operating at about a 71% installation completion percentage. Now, is that acceptable? Maybe, maybe. But it does tell you that almost one-third of your installer's time that week was wasted, right? So looking at that week in and week out will force you to start asking questions. And finally, in the bottom right-hand corner, our warranty percentage. If, if the installation completion percentage is the front end, the warranty percentage is the back end. But it also encompasses service and installation. So you know, of all the jobs that we had lined up this week... How many of them are we going out to knowing ahead of time that we are not getting paid because this is us fixing a mistake or making something right? These metrics are related, but together they really tell you a story about your sales efficiency and about your installation and customer service efficiency. So I know that it is scary sometimes to think about this. and It's it's overwhelming, right? Tim, I'm slammed. You don't understand. I don't have enough people in my business Everything falls on me. How do I find more time? Well, it's tough. I mean, everyone's got the same 24 hours in a day. So there is no finding time. It, 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 you know, you can't. But I, I will say that most of these metrics do not take a lot of time. And unless you're truly a one-person operation, I would advise having a couple different people help, right? So the backlog number. Well, actually, I'll start with traffic count. Your traffic count number. Keep a checklist at the front desk, and whoever's working, make it their responsibility, right? Just to fill that thing out. Now, your job is not to fill it out, unless you're the only one that happens to be working. But it is to force the rest of your team to do it. I mean, I always, I say it kind of jokingly when I go in to help businesses with this sort of thing, and I say, look. You know, you can do a lot of things wrong and you're not going to get fired. But so help me, God, if you do not fill this out, I will tell your boss to fire you. Right. That's how serious I am about it. Because if we're not willing to do something that literally takes a second and a half per customer, that just tells me you're not that serious about your job and you're not trying to help the company win. Right. So, so. Get help with this. And you, and you can do that. You don't have to crack the whip like, like I did. You can say it you know, jokingly. But, but there are ways to, to get help, right? Traffic count, whoever's working, have, have them do it. Now, even better, if you've got someone on your office staff that's in the showroom or close to it, and they're an unbiased source, have them do it. But the point is, assign it. Even if it's not perfect, assign it. Next up, when it comes to your backlog, Well, this could be someone in the administrative end of your company, because if assuming that you have a point of sale system, this is just simply running an open orders report for everything that has money on it, but hasn't been fulfilled. That's not too hard. And there's a lot of people besides you that can do it. Now, if your company's manual, it does mean that you're going to have to go through the folder of all the jobs that are unfulfilled, which I'm sure if your company does things analog on paper, you've got that folder. You just add up the dollar amount. It doesn't take that long. These things are really, really important and you can have someone help you. Installation completion percentage and warranty. you know, This is gonna be your support staff. Whoever's scheduling the work could probably do both of these, right? Because the installers, at the end of the day, they have to tell somebody, well, we got the job done or we didn't get the job done. Whoever that person is, that that's the one that can track it. And then with your warranty percentage, again, your schedulers, they look at the week as they schedule things out. It's really easy for them to do. But the point is, it doesn't all have to fall on you. Maybe at the beginning, if you're truly a one-person operation, this does. But I would say enlist help for at least part of it. What, what this does is it also creates buy-in. When it's you doing everything, it's you forcing your metrics upon them. But when you can get help with this and you can say, look, I know I'm cracking the whip about the traffic count, but I'm telling you, if we can track this and increase the number of estimates that we have, I can pay you more. And looking at these metrics is going to help us do that. You know, that's a way to get buy-in from people. So, as we round out, you know, you've got the blueprint and the metrics, right? I've explained on your on your scoreboard, you break it into quadrants and you've got A, B, C, and D for each of those four metrics. How do you put it into place? Well, there's three things that I would leave you with, and these are going to be questions that honestly I'd like you to write down right now, right? You've heard about these metrics, do not sit on this and do nothing. Put it into place. So here's the three questions to ask in order to do that. Question number 1. Who will get each one of the metrics for me? Who will get traffic count? Who will get our backlog? Who will get our installation completion percentage and who will get our warranty percentage? It's okay for you to be one or even even two of these, but who are the people who are responsible? Who are the people? they're the ones that are going to be held accountable if it doesn't come in. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. They are the ones held accountable if these metrics don't come in. Question number two, when are they due? When are they due? In my company at Wi-Fi, we have a weekly report that everyone on the team has to fill out, including myself, and it is due Sunday night. And the reason it's due Sunday night is because the scoreboard comes out on Monday morning. Now, for your company, maybe they're due end of the day on Friday. Maybe it's first thing Saturday morning, but establish a time the metrics are due every week on this day and at this time, okay? So question number one, who is responsible to get each metric on the scoreboard? Question number two, when are the metrics due? And question number three, when will we meet? You know, again, I, w- I would advise having a very consistent meeting, same day of the week, same time. And this meeting, to go over this report, is going to be the leaders in your company. Now, if your company's small, five, six people, maybe it's everybody. But I would encourage you at the beginning to really have this be two to four people who are reviewing it every single week. And if they are responsible for providing the metric to you, there's a good chance that they should be invited into that meeting. Maybe not, but there's a good chance that they should be. When are you going to meet? doing this consistently again and again and again is where the power is because you'll be able to start comparing this week versus last week this month versus last month this year versus last year once you get to the point where you're comparing you know the 3rd week of January this year with the 3rd week of January last year that starts to get very very powerful but it's the consistency over time that will make you win i don't care if it's not perfect it never will be right but doing it over and over and over will allow you to get better and better and better. Don't wait until it's perfect. Just simply start now. And I'm, I'm telling you, if you can do this for three, four months, you, you won't believe what it does to your company. Now, as we close out here, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash it's That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash it's Now, I can't tell you how humbled we are at just everybody who supports this podcast on a monthly basis, whether you give a lot or a little, we don't take it for granted. We use those funds for our equipment and some of the administrative costs of running this podcast so that we can try to deliver really high quality content to you. And again, I'm, 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 you know, just getting back from the HPB expo a few weeks ago in Atlanta. I am so humbled by just the amount of people that that came up and talked to our team and and mentioned how the podcast is helping their business. So near or far, whether we've met or not, know that the work that you're doing matters. And we don't take you for granted. We see you, we believe in you. And, you know, I'm just convinced that this movement is the movement of the future for our industry. So don't give up even in the midst of adversity. You know, I hope you have an amazing rest of the week as you get started putting this in place.